This nation was founded by men of many nations and backgrounds. It was founded on the principle that all men are created equal. Mayday, mayday. Going down. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole is. Human beings are a disease. A cancer of this planet. Hello, 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 you beautiful people. Welcome back to the Swerve Podcast. Fucking A. Fuck yeah. There you go. Fucking A. Bringing a. the intensity. Bringing it's the like intensity this it's week. It's definitely a stash. It's a stash. Yeah, it's just taking you. It's a new persona. Uh, Mind, body, <laughs> and spirit. It's just taken over. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been fucking everybody's bitch and shit. It's crazy. Very man. and dudes. He's just been all over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just all over it. Swimming up and down like, the river, hey. I see. Yeah. <laughs> They slide in there every once in a while. You're, you're telling right. me the man who tried to put a rubber fist up my asshole was a homosexual? <laughs> there you go. There it is. For uh, listeners who can't see, Envy is sporting a literally a Borat-style mustache. It's that thick. It's, it's, it's quite uh, impressive. It's, it's quite impress- impressive. Um, if you're a first-time listener and you're wondering what the Swerve podcast is, we are three random guys on a mission to understand everything in the universe, one obscure topic at a time. So our premise is super simple. Every week we're picking a topic that we don't really know anything about. It's not very mainstream or anything. It's kind of out there. And we research it and then we discuss it on the fly here on the podcast. So this week's topic is Simo Heho which I'm not certain I'm pronouncing correct because it's a Finnish name, but based on things I was watching, that seemed to be the common Did you say pronunciation. Hey ho? Yeah, it's a hey ho. Hey uh, ho. Hey, huh? I thought it was hey hi. Hey hi. Hey See, hey. I don't know. Hi. Dude, I heard different documentaries pronounce this differently. Okay. So I don't yeah, know okay. what to go with. I might just refer to him as Simo because I know that. Yeah, one I think Simo sure. will be better. Yeah. Probably so we'll, easier. We'll yeah. go with that. The White Death, legendary sniper. The White before, Death. Before this guy, this guy, however, I want to say, makes Doctor Disrespect look like a noob. For those of you gamers out there, you'll definitely know that reference. Oh, I, didn't I was going to say. I was like, uh, yeah, I was going to say. I don't know. <laughs> but I was going to say this is every time in Warzone when you pick up a sniper rifle, this is who you are trying to be. Basically, this guy. Mm-hmm. This guy's Simo, yeah. But I guess uh, before we do get into the topic, we do have a very important second component to this podcast. Dragon, take it away. Yeah, you bet. Well, as you guys know, we like to dabble with the booze. Yeah, like yeah, to, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. to get a little intoxicated, a little messed up while we do this. I, however, am starting my little three-week booze cleanse. Ah, it does the I, build up and then crashes it. I know, right? Well, I was going to—I forgot to mention this on the post where, but we're—we got—we got the holidays 
creeping up. So this is when my cleanse is done. We'll be right when the holidays kick off. So maybe we'll do like a little Christmas soiree recording episode. We'll just get fucked. What do you guys got? What are you guys up to? I'm uh, drinking some champagne sparkling wine thing. It's fucking amazing. It's a stash. It's taking me places I've never been before. And <laughs> this is one of those drinks. It's the uh, pomegranate flavor. Fucking delish. And you guys still have to pick up that fucking beer. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. Well, so, dude, you, you live like in fucking South America, basically. So, <laughs> like, it's so far away. It's not. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so I have a White Claw. This time, ooh, however, mango, mango flavor. Mango, mango, mango. So we'll do one of those to get started but before you know we even get like, it though, what you know what i don't like is you usually start every episode with a nice shot a nice swig of something that you're you got in your little fridge there no i got too much work to do tomorrow so i'm not uh oh, disappointing <laughs> the last couple of weeks of no not happening they, they've been a little rough yeah i can't i can attest to that yeah <laughs> i've been a hurting unit the last few recordings <laughs> So before we get into this topic, though, as I just want to uh, shout out the Patreons, um, fucking loving the support, super dank, and I think Envy has something to say about this. <laughs> Our Patreons are fucking valued. They're amazing, and you can be one of those titan amongst men or titan amongst women. Hell, you can be women their can't mother be of all, but hey, you can do so by donating $1 or $3. Your $1 will get you the Ride the Wave tier. The $3 will get you Slap That Ass tier. Both <laughs> tiers. <laughs> that Both ass. Tiers. <laughs> Both tiers will give you exclusive, never-before-heard content solely for our Patreons. You will also get numerous shout-outs here on the Swerve Podcast, which we could do right now. Hey, thank you, Humpy Joe. Thank you, Satan Loves You. Thank you, Giant Cock. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Sidestepping the Sun. You guys are fucking beauties. Whoa, whoa. You all have huge dicks. You're titan it, amongst men. Isn't it I love Giant Cock? Isn't that what it is? No, no, no. No, no. it's just Giant oh. Cock. You can follow Giant Cock. Satan loves you. Humpy Joe. Sidestepping the Sun. Envy's mustache. <laughs> He's just additional. Like, I love Giant Cock's Giant Cock. <laughs> I love Giant Cock. <laughs> Just what was that? You can get that three. Who wants a mustache ride? On top of the never before heard episodes, on top of the numerous shoutouts as you've just seen, witnessed, and heard, you will also get you will get early access to all of our episodes three days and five days prior for our main episodes and our post swerves. You will have the lowdown, the scoop, the information on all your friends and family who you should definitely tell about the Patreon and about the Swerve podcast. Fuck yeah. All right. That's sweet. Great. This Let's is also it. what we're about. This is also a suggested from a Patreon. Did we cover that already? Oh, no. That's yes. good that you bring yes. that up. So uh, that's, what I, that's what I also get. We prioritize your suggestions. Absolutely. Humpy Joe, this is one of your yeah. best topics. Shout so out. Thank you. Yeah, shout out. Actually, this is you, a fantastic topic. Beautiful, was... sexy titan, you majestic <laughs> being. You also got to follow on Instagram. What up? Hey, hey. All right. Yeah, no, actually, I enjoyed researching this topic. So let's hop into the basics right now and get it fucking going. Because um, actually, surprisingly, there's a decent amount to talk about. Because this, uh, this guy, Simo Haiho, he's a Finnish military sniper. 
He's born December 17th, 1905, and he lived until April 1st, 2002, which honestly, that's uh, four years short from the big 100. Eh? That's crazy. In no, triple that, digits. That too, but I was going to say that's got to be the worst day to die because everyone. Oh, April Fools? The, everyone you spread the news <laughs> to, they just, they might think it's an, like a sick April Fools joke. They're like, really? Simo's dead? Like, yeah, he's dead, but nah. Are you fucking with me? Bust him like, up. No, balls. he's really fucking dead. <laughs> That's like the worst. It's the worst day to die. April Fools. Uh, so he dies April Fools, two thousand two. He just pops out of the coffin. Jokes out of the coffin. April Fools, motherfuckers. <laughs> hey, you know what though? It's kind of it's somewhat funny. We'll get into it. Uh, there is a point in time in the story where people thought he was dead, but he wasn't. So we'll get into that as we go, but. A little bit of foreshadow there. Also Um, known as the White Death. He was known as the White Death, which I think that name will be apparent why that's the case as we get through this. He used a an M twenty eight thirty, which is a it was a variant of a Mosin Nagan um, rifle. This was his sniper of choice, but he did also use a a Sumi KP thirty one submachine gun um, in some when he wasn't sniping. That was his other gun. So this guy overall, he's believed to have killed between 500 to 800 men during the 1939 to 1940 Winter War. That's so this this is the highest insane. number of sniper kills in any major war. I also will the, say the Winter damn. War is also very important. For yes, we'll fucking get into that. Stuff. Super important. So that turned... Because I didn't know this. I was thinking about it. I was like, well, Finland. Like, you never talk about Finland, World War II. Right. And yeah, we'll get into it more. But essentially, this turned their allegiances to the Nazis for a bit, this war. Well, we'll see. yeah, it's it's a, it's nuanced because you want to hate them for that. But it's... It's, it makes it, sense why. Yeah, yeah we'll, 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 we'll have to get into it. Uh, it. It's even more important than just that, too. There's, there's a lot of shit with this winter, right. war, which I will definitely hop into. But I want to say right off the bat, the 500 to 800 kills, um, those are, these are estimates. These are not, it's, you can't confirm. Yeah, because this is all found via his diary. That, yeah, so, so it's kind of, yeah. And, and also uh, corroboration from people that uh, fought with him and things like this, but it's, it's not a perfect count. So we just say, how five, would you make it a, how would you get a, get a I don't perfect know. I don't count? think you could. I don't think like it's could. on call of duty where it's just like no. counts your kills automatically. There were uh so you push the back button and it tells you your kill death ratio. In like, some no. wars, there were people like who, who sni- like snipers in, in the uh, army who would actually notch their rifle every time they got a kill. So that was some ways they actually kept track of their no, but kills. You can't, you can't confirm. But it's extre- yeah, no, but it's like extremely, uh, look down upon to do to do that well i think he definitely did keep a record but even still like just because you got the shot off doesn't mean the person you know didn't uh, survive or something after yeah things like this so yeah like like um dragon was saying he did keep a diary which we'll talk a little bit about as we get into this um it's it's really quite interesting what comes of this but i want to say right off the bat this fucking guy he was a sniper, but he never used scopes. Everything was oh, a no what? scope. Everything was a no scope. He didn't use a scope. And we'll talk about why that was, but I just want to no throw No attachments. Out he's a sniper. Yeah, he's rocking no attachments. 
He's no scoping all day. Um, the other just thing, iron sighting it. That's like the worst sights. thing in Call of Duty. No, he doesn't iron, iron sights. That's all. Like he no needs. red dot, no nothing. No, Come nothing. On. <laughs> Literally nothing. You would lock that off for like 25 kills. Like he had, <laughs> like this guy had 500, 800 kills. He had all the attachments. <laughs> he had unlocked everything. Yeah, uh, it's the it's fuck? insane. We'll hop into this, man. It's uh, I also want to stay right off the bat. This guy, if you look him up, he's just smiling. Like obviously, there's pictures of him. He's got some deformities now from the war. Yeah, yeah. But if you look yeah. him up before the deformities, he's just a smiling guy. Love always he's every only, picture. Yeah, he's only five <laughs> three, so he's very very short. Um, I mean, he's about a foot taller than me, but. <laughs> <laughs> He's he's also a farmer. I wonder if that's like, like a good thing short... for snipers. Oh no, we'll talk short. about why. Yeah, it is, is that a thing? Yeah, it is. It's a... like being a jockey. Yeah, be short riding horses. Yeah, no, it is. It actually that's part of the reason. I'll hop into that later. I have some notes on that. So he's just you, you know he's just a regular farmer, short guy, loving life, never used a scope, and just fucking ruthlessly destroys the Red Army in this war. So before we get into his accomplishments as a sniper, talk about the Winter War, things like this, I just want to give a little bit about his early life and kind of his upbringing because it'll kind of set the stage uh, for all the events that come after this. So Simo, he's born in Ritjarvi, which is a weird Ritjarvi. word to pronounce. I, maybe I should say right now, a lot of Ritjarvi. these words are Finnish. <laughs> yeah, this no, is, it's, that's how you pronounce it. It's Ritjarvi. This is not our language. For I, look, sure. I looked that one up. Um, but we're gonna fuck up a lot of these Finnish pr- pronunciations. So this we one, we apologize I, in advance. So yeah, if you're if you're Finn, to our if you're Finn, friends. sorry. We do have hey, some it, listeners. It, <laughs> if we fuck it up, hey, just Lins let us know. Finland. Comment. Send us a fucking video of you pronouncing these words and let us know. Finland would actually be a sick spot to go visit. It oh, it's in it. So it'd be such a cool country to go see. You know, but maybe here I'm gonna go off tangent for a little bit right here in Finland. Um, there's people who have done studies on the most sexual nations that there are. And I don't know how you rank that, but there's people who have looked into this and Finland, I think they score number one, which I is Cuba was number one. No, I get envy in his mustache over to Finland. maybe, maybe different studies say things differently, but the study, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but here's the one thing. One of the reasons I was thinking why this could be the case they also have uh like public saunas and bathhouses all over finland and Mm -hmm. basically the way you could think about this say you live in an apartment you would never want to see your neighbors naked right like we can agree on that yeah unless they're hot in finland (laughs) in finland everybody (laughs) neighbors maybe they have co-ed saunas that people use so like just every you're, you're just going into these saunas and bathhouses with your neighbors I agree with Dragon. Finland would be a great place to visit. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm just you're, saying, like, you're really so, selling it. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, they have their cultures a lot different than you would expect. So, well, it's, everything it's in Europe is a little more open minded than what we have over here for the most this part. This is true. I should say. This is true. So, you know, somewhat of a tangent, but uh, let's, let's hop back into Simo uh, here. So, he's born in Ritjarvi, it's uh, in the Vipuri province of southern Finland. And it's near the border with Russia. So this area, it's it's an old Finnish region of Karelia, which is actually now Russian territory, but that's that it wasn't at the time. Mm-hmm. So he's the seventh of eight children in a Lutheran family of farmers. 
His father's name was Joho. I just love that name. And his mother's name's Kiskinen. Hey ho. So those are his parents. He's born, you know, they're farmers. They're that's their profession. So you can imagine his life. It's kind of in the rural area, you know, near uh, you know, a lot of hunting's involved in this rural area. Yeah. Yeah. He was a big hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he attends school in a village called Mitilia in Kevin Napa Parish. And he as he grows older, he ends up taking care of the farm with his eldest brother. So he's a farmer, he's a hunter, and he's a skier. And this is all prior to his military service. So I kind of just wanted to talk a little bit in his life, like where his some of his skills are developing already um, in this setting in his early life. Oh, yeah, especially with hunting and stuff. Yeah. yeah shots, stalking your target, tracking it down. like yeah. So he was very close to nature growing up. He was he did regular hunting trips in the forests of the region, and he often hunted birds in clearings in pine forests. And you know, birds you have to be very quiet because any sound you make, you're going to startle the bird. It's going to run away. So, you know, he's hunting these birds. He knows how to be quiet. He knows how to move in the terrain to not disturb the birds, so they don't even know he's there. That's kind of one thing already that he's developing. The other thing, he was kind of learning how game would try and escape. So say you did startle the game, it's going to try escape in certain ways or get away to, you know, places away from you. So, you know, funny enough, the same concepts of how game will escape, you can apply that to humans on the battlefield. And that sounds kind of grim to say, but he's learning these things. He's like, okay, this is going to run over here. This is probably going to move over here. So he's kind of already learning, you know, the psychology of how, yeah. how things escape. Um, he also was experienced with the terrain in Finland because he's, you know, he's doing these hunts. So he's, this is backyard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to be able to exploit this later on the battlefield. Um, also his father taught him to estimate distances and this was something Simo was very adept at even in his military training he could estimate distances very very accurately and obviously that's super valuable to becoming a master sniper um, yeah that's pretty damn important yeah. especially then when they didn't have like scope like range scopes and stuff well they did he just never used one no, they had scopes, but they didn't have like a range a range scope. So it's like almost like a like a laser that shoots out. Oh, like it, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like for tracking the distance and stuff. Oh, for sure. Okay. So yeah, when he was young, he would look at a target and then estimate the distance, and he would just pace out the steps until he, you know, he could estimate distances very, very accurately. So the other thing that he learned in these hunting expeditions when he was young was how different environment will affect his shooting. So for instance, if it's windy or it's raining, how is that going to affect how he uh, hits his targets? So he's already at a very young age, honing his skills and becoming very, very effective at hitting targets and not only hitting targets, but knowing where targets will go when they're startled. Mm-hmm. Or they know of they know of mm-hmm. his presence, so he's already good to go. The other thing too, he was a competitive shooter, so 
he did this. Not only did he hunt, he did competitions and he was good. He had a fuckload of trophies from winning different shooting competitions. And this is all, you know, Mm -hmm. before he's getting involved with the winter war. So that's just to paint the picture. He's, he's good to go. That is actually something that current military powers around the world still utilizes. They'll take Olympic athletes like during like the shooting biathlon or decathlon or whatever the heck the hell it is. Biathlon. Like that, yeah, yeah. yeah. They actually take those people and then like they employ them within the army to actually be snipers and train others. Well, that's the thing. Like, seem like we were saying he was a skier as well as a hunter mm-hmm. and the terrain's snowy. So like, yeah, so definitely suits actually, them yeah, no, like biathlon, yeah. like you'd probably be good at that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. So this is before the winter war now. This is when he's first joins the military. He actually joins a, as a, a volunteer. Yeah, he was a volunteer. Yeah. So yeah, he yeah. gets, this is what this guy's about. He's a volunteer, age 17. Yeah, he joins the Finnish voluntary militia. And I, they're just called the White Guard, is the what white I had. Guard. Yeah. Yep. Or the Soldier New I'm not, yeah, don't even. <laughs> I didn't even try. I'm not even going to bother. I didn't. <laughs> so. Like I was saying, he's successful in these shooting competitions in uh, Vipore province. And he's getting these trophies for his marksmanship. He's, you know, got some military involvement through his volunteering. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just interesting. Like, the other thing I want to say now with his temperament, he's he doesn't like being in the spotlight. So although he's excelling in this area, yeah. if you look at photos from his younger years, he's usually in the back. Um he he doesn't like taking the spotlight. He's kind yeah. of a recluse. He's, he's once his uh, once his success and kills and like his success with the sniper started coming out. He did take like he started coming out of his shell. He was forced to, so he took a bit more photos out like yeah. out front. But yeah, typically he was a timid person. He liked to be in the back, just like avoid attention type thing. Yeah, which kind of makes sense. I mean, he's constantly hunting things, so he doesn't yeah. want attention. Yeah, it's yeah, that's his temperament for sure. So 1925, he's 19 at the time. Simo, he begins a 15-month compulsory military service in the Bicycle Battalion 2 in Ravola, the Pore province. So like we said, when he was 17, he's volunteering for this militia. But I, I think they had, as like a citizen of Finland, you had, uh, you had, you had mandatory service you needed to do. This was his mandatory service that he's doing at this point based on what I was researching. I could be wrong, but I mean, we could always be fucking wrong here at the Swerve podcast. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) one star. Uh, We seldom are. (laughs) (laughs) So he attends the non-commissioned officer school and serves as a conscript officer in the bicycle battalion one in Terioki. However, he doesn't actually get sniper training until the year before the Winter War in 1938. And this was at a training center in UT, which is kind of interesting. So, like, he actually doesn't get sniper training until one year before the war actually breaks out that he's a part of. Um, But as we said, like, you know, he's honing his skills, his upbringing, his competitions. He's already... He's already good. Yeah, he's already good. He doesn't... He gets the training. But he he's already any, good. Yeah, he didn't get any official training. Yeah, exactly. Self-educated. Yeah. 
which is I like that's really cool to me. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said before, he was very good at estimating distances. So when he was a part of these military things, um, it was corroborated. Like he could estimate within an accuracy of one meter up to 150 meters. So, yeah, so it's about 3.3 feet. Yeah. And so he could estimate feet. up to 500 feet away, basically. Yeah. He would know pretty fucking close to what, where exactly the target was. Um, one of the things I had from his military training was, and this was corroborated by uh, a couple sources, he could shoot a 150-meter oh, yeah. target 16 times in one minute with his sniper. And again, he's not using a scope. He's just iron sighting it. Yeah. He's also using a bolt-action rifle. Yeah, that's the other thing I want to say. So he has to manually change the magazine every time. Yeah, like it, it holds five five shots, and he has to change the magazine. So he would have, yeah, he has to reload like four times in that minute, and so like he's just a matter, like he's he can shoot sixteen times in a minute. So like if you're a target of his, you're fucked. <laughs> you're fucked. Yeah. yeah, like you're gonna yeah, get no hit. Kidding. He's got crazy accuracy. He's got crazy depth perception, and he's fucking fast as hell. And he's yeah. got the double tap perk on. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah like pretty much he's he's shooting like a football field over a football field away you know yeah no scope 16 times hitting his target it's insane and when they when they looked at the target like it's not like he's just shooting 16 times those are all hitting the target yeah within close proximity to each other yeah he's not just firing 16 he's actually hitting the target with all of them which is crazy pretty incredible so i mean that kind of that kind of paints the picture for what his upbringing is and his early involvement in the military but we also need to talk a little bit about the history of what the fuck was going on how this winter war emerges so this is a time of world war ii you know germany's on the rise soviet union's on the rise and the soviet union like you know stalin there's a bunch of fucking dicks. The Red Army, man. They're fucking <laughs> powerful. I think it's important to note as well, um, for people who may not be geography buffs, like Finland borders Russia. And Finland is very close to St. Petersburg, which is the yes. capital of Russia. So that's very it's very important to note as we dive into this or just kind of understand why Finland was kind of important, especially to the Soviet Union. But uh yeah, they felt yeah. like it was uh, like Finland could be a threat towards them because they were so close to one of their important cities, basically. Well, they also didn't want it to be a a place for the, which it ended up being for a bit, but they didn't want them to be allied with the Nazis because then Saint Petersburg would be so vulnerable. Yeah, it'd be well, open to attack. Yeah, yeah, and it's close. Like if you Google Maps it, it's very close to Finland. I didn't know that because I was researching it. I'm like, well, how close could it be? And it's like right fucking there. It's like basically Finland. Like, yeah. And I mean, funny enough, Simo's he was born like near the border. Like his village was near the border. So interesting. But yeah, it's like the Soviet Union. They're trying to expand their borders at this time, and. You know, it's the Soviet Union. They have this massive army, huge fucking army. So they're like, fuck it. Let's, instead of, you know, allowing this vulnerability to be exploited in the future, let's just invade them, take them over, and then we don't need to worry about it. Yeah. 
easier said than done as we'll get through as we'll talk about this crazy fucking war so the war starts they issue artillery strikes on the border of finland and stalin you know he just uses like a scapegoat fucking issue he's like he blames the Finns for aggression he's just like they're aggressive so we they're need to invade aggressive. <laughs> it, it's bullshit like that's they didn't need a lot of reasons back then it's just it a bullshit like reason, they're just yeah. like yeah we're just gonna do it pretty yeah. much we're, we're it is also Russia. important to note that in the late 1930s uh stalin he kind of freaked out and killed a bunch of his generals and like higher military officials oh yeah so the red army once it did go into war was not as organized as it once nope. was no and actually that was a huge thing that we'll talk about especially for snipers but yeah, yeah because obviously if you had you know, solid military personnel, which they didn't because Stalin killed them. You would know like, Hey, we're going into Finland and there's a lot of snow. Maybe we should have like white camouflage. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. They just like went in there with their regular green shit. So, well, you know, you're going to stick out green, gray snow. and red still. in some cases for yeah, officers. It's not, so like on a white background, what you want on a white background. Sore thumb. So these fucking snipers took advantage of that. Yeah. So 16 times you track you fucking try and escape in a white background wearing a black fucking jacket. Yeah. 16 shots a minute. Like you're fucked. They're just like <laughs> anti camouflage. They're like the exact opposite of what camouflage is. <laughs> I mean, th- their colors helped in forested areas. They helped in cityed areas because some of them wore gray as well, like dr- yep. gray trench coats with like a bit of red on them. So, like, definitely helped in city areas, definitely helped in wooded areas, but not in the fucking snow. No. And yeah, SEMO obviously took advantage of that. So the Soviet Union, they invade with 160,000 troops. So they severely outnumber the Finns. Like they have this massive Red Army. Um, and part of their strategy, like they, the Soviet Union would just, that was their strategy. Like they weren't, like we just said, Stalin, somewhat dumb of him, kills his military experts because he's yeah, worried that they're, you know, they could plot against him and shit. So they're, that's their strategy. Like, well, we just have more people. We'll just keep yeah, sending them. Just mass numbers. Just go in overwhelm. So the one thing in my research that came up, uh, you might be like, well, why the fuck would they just keep sending people if they're like, you know, the Soviets would actually like have tanks or like gunmen at the back of the front lines. So if you were a frontline soldier, and you hesitated or you turned back, your own troops would shoot you and kill you. So it was go forward and fight the enemy or turn back and be killed by your own people. Yeah. So the That's Soviets just kept going. They, they didn't care. They were like expendable. They're like, oh, we just have so many more. Just keep sending them. And if they retreat because they're scared, just shoot them. That was the mindset. It's insane insane you'd think some would veer left veer right and make a run for it instead of going back or forward (laughs) you can't they have tanks they literally had tanks behind their front lines that would kill you it's insane friendly fire um but you know they thought that they were gonna they're like okay we have so much more fuck it let's just we'll take over finland but they underestimated the Finns. they had an advantage on the terrain and as we'll see with Simo, this fighting spirit, they know literally there's not going to be a Finland if they don't stop this. So, right. Yeah. yeah. When this winter a war, man who has nothing to lose is the most dangerous. Yeah. 
I want to say so. Simo, he's thirty three when the Winter War begins. And or everything to lose. Sorry, not nothing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> everything. Yeah. So yeah, he's thirty three when it starts, and he actually celebrates his thirty fourth birthday on the Kola battlefield. So he's in combat on yeah. his birthday. But before the war started, because like I said, they start artillery firing at the border. Simo was actually, uh, it's funny, he gets word of this, that he's, you know, they're going to have to fight, the Soviets are coming, there's a war starting. And instead of like, you know, freaking out and being, you know, like worried about this, he's like, oh, I think he wrote about this in his diary. He's like, you know, let's have a good breakfast. So he just like makes a good breakfast and like eats the breakfast, um, knowing full well this Red Army, 160,000 troops are coming. It just goes to show he wasn't scared. And this will come up time and time again as I'm describing him. He had no fear. He literally, you know, he's like, oh, well, you know, 160,000 Soviet troops are coming. I'm just going to eat breakfast first. At least have a nice breakfast. A good fall. hearty breakfast. Might be the last time he's able to, right? But just he never had it. fear. He was just like, you know, he's like, oh, well, you know, we'll have breakfast and then we'll go to the war. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> um, so... Simo, he served as a sniper, like we said, for the Finnish army during this winter war. This is 1939, 1940. This happens. It was actually uh, about a hundred day period in total. The war lasted and he served under Lieutenant Arnie Jutalenin, Jutalenin, Arnie Jutalenin and the 6th Company of the Infantry Regiment 34 um, during what was called the Battle of Kola. And during this whole time, it's fucking cold. So the temperatures range between negative 40 degrees Celsius and negative 20 degrees Celsius. And for our American audience out there, negative 40 degrees Celsius is the same as negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit. So there you go. Fahrenheit such a weird system. It is a weird system. It is. But negative but 20 Celsius. It's minus four. Minus four. Minus four degrees, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is that? I don't know. Who came up with this system? I don't know. <laughs> but... uh We'll shout that out so we're all on the same page here. So actually, you know, in fact, I said it was a hundred. It's it was 105 days exactly in total. So about 100 days. Uh, the last week of the war, Simo gets injured, which I'll discuss a little bit later. But you know, basically, the Finns they were they fought with white camouflage. So Simo, he's got this white camouflage. Makes sense. They're fighting in the snow, and <laughs> like we said, that was also a disadvantage. Like the the Russians. Yeah, they underestimated the terrain. They underestimated the spirit, but they also came in like fucking ducks. Yeah, their white camouflage yeah. was basically white pants, white gloves, uh, white shirt, and then white white trench coat over it. And it's thick too, so like yeah. they can lay in the snow, and they're not going to get cold in the, when it's minus four. Yeah, so it's like it's yeah, yeah. So you know they're equipped for the terrain, like raincoat. So they're ready to go, kind of thing. Which which that's important. Uh, yeah, funny enough, period. yeah. But weren't the Russians always kind of mis unprepared for these things? Like, was it World War Two or World War One where like they'd send two, they've always had a lot of people, like you were saying. So they'd be like, okay, there's one gun for every two people. One guy has the bullets. No. one guy has the gun. That no, was what, you, what you were that referring was thing, to. Yeah. No, in World War Two they were actually low on ammo. They had more people than they did ammo stuff, but. In terms of unprepared, yes, they were unprepared, like with the equipment, but they had like they they had proper command and stuff, and they're actually one of the 
biggest reasons that World War II is also won. When, when, um, well, I understand that, but they were doing well in the war. Like they were getting their asses kicked because they didn't manufacture a lot of stuff. I think they had. Yeah, I do. I do know that was true. They had. There were some situations where they were given a gun, and like yes. you give you give everyone a gun because they had the guns. But the goal was there was no animal, not everyone had bullets. Animal. You'd only give yeah. some people bullets, and the plan was the guy with the bullets has to kill an enemy, and then the guy without the bullets takes the bullets from the killed enemy. <laughs> like that was their strategy. They're like, yeah, that's what we're doing. <laughs> but yeah, envy. Like, so I do know Russia was really important in World War II to win, but that was more to keep fighting a two-faced war, wasn't it? It wasn't necessarily, because they were going to lose. Like, they were going to concede, and then they're like, no, 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 like, we need So they were losing battles, which is true. And what they did was they started pulling their forces back into Russia. And as they were doing that, they were burning everything along the way. Mm -hmm. And then the the railway tracks also change, are different sizes in Russia than they are in Germany. And throughout Europe, so when Germany was falling, oh, interesting! I didn't know that. Yeah, they when Germany was falling, in, they didn't have they did, first of all like once they hit the winter, they weren't prepared for winter. They yeah. didn't have supplies because Russia kept burning everything. They couldn't bring supplies to them to each other through like railways and highways, which is one of the main ways that Germany was able to dominate was the autobahn. That was German make. That was Hitler's thing. That's how he got supplies to everywhere and was so effective. But yeah, that's because they kept pulling back and Hitler kept going in, kept sending his troops. They just froze to death and started dying. And yeah, they were just but it was off. also, they were, they were spread thin because they had to yeah. fight on both fronts instead of just the one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That was a huge yeah. factor. Too. And honestly, we'll talk about how the winter war played a huge factor in that split, but I want to get through this before we get into that. So Simo, the Finnish army, you know, they, they know who he is. They know his effectiveness they refer to him as the magical shooter. That was his nickname in the the, the Finnish army. Mm-hmm. It probably they, sounds they better. They used him as Finnish. propaganda. Yeah, they, they would do posters with uh, just like a, a white silhouette on there, and they would they were called the White Death. Well, that's what I was going to say. Some of their so propaganda. The Finns called him the magical shooter, but he quickly earned the name the White Death by the Red Army. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was unseen, unheard. He killed a fuckload of Russian soldiers. Some t- in one instance, twenty-five men in one day. So his reputation it reached the front lines, and they're like the White Death. So, like you had just said, once the White Death became this this uh, what would you say? It's like in the zeitgeist of the Present military <laughs> consciousness. Yeah, that's when the fin the Finnish. They, they use that as a theme in their propaganda because they're like, well, fuck, we got the white death on our side. Let's keep everyone's spirit up. Um, you know, in the Finnish newspapers, let's feature this invisible Finnish warrior and try and make this hero of mythical proportions, you know, just to like, you know, make everybody feel like uh, they have an, a chance in winning this war against this massive yeah. army. So it's effective. But I will say, in some sense, it does create a mythos. So it does, I don't know, like I saw some critiques in some of the research that I was doing where the person was saying like, um, where people were saying some of the things claimed of SEMO might be a little bit exaggerated because of this mythos that was created, but a lot of it is corroborated. So it's, I think it's mostly yeah. true in my, in my research at least. 
So, <laughs> Zemo, he spends a fuckload of time on the front lines during the Winter War, uh, but he never reported ever being scared or fearful. So even in interviews with him after the war, it was long gone. And even in old age, when he talks about the wars, he never felt fear or was scared, even though he was literally on the front lines all the time. <laughs> it's crazy. And like we were saying at the beginning, you know, you look at photos of him, he's just smiling dumbly, holding his fucking gun, just happy as fuck. It's weird. Just wants to kill some cops. I find it interesting that like post-war, the Russian never tried to assassinate him. Like just fucking oh, send assassins out because they, they fucking yeah. killed so many of their own generals and people and stuff. And they sent assassins out and the KGB and they just, they murdered a ton of people. I'm surprised they never sent anyone after him. Well, they couldn't find him. He probably just kept wearing his white coat. <laughs> yeah. And just can't find him. never find him. Like, like where's Waldo? They just can't find him. <laughs> where's Simo? He's just Where's Simo? Like, hmm. Just hiding. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. He, he treated this job, you could call it, like he treated hunting. So he was always thinking of ways to like hide improve, or fool his enemy yeah. and improve. Like that's the one thing. And we'll get in. I have a whole thing on his uh, kind of obsessiveness with his uh, shooting. It's quite Well, now we know why you like the topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I do. I think it's really cool. Like he was just, how can I be better at this? How can I help my people and it's, it's really interesting i have a couple stories during the winter war uh that i want to talk about simo because they're fucking interesting so <laughs> in one instance so simo he kills this Rus russian soldier with one shot you know again he's not using scopes he's just iron sighting these fuckers the russians they retaliate they're like oh fuck there's a sniper so they just start shooting indirectly in the general area. But not only that, they start firing mortars or mortars where he is. Mortars, yeah. So they're firing these mortars. They're shooting at him and shit. And he just laid there in position. I think he actually talks about this in his diary. He just laid there. You know, he's got bombs going around him, explosions, gunfights. And he's just like, I'm just going to stay here and wait for it to stop. <laughs> most people would like run away or try and escape he's yeah. like i think i'm okay <laughs> he just like he was unwounded and he made it out alive yeah. he waited for them to stop and he just I stayed think, in uh, position he didn't leave from his perspective since they were just shooting randomly if he had gotten up and like shown himself running then he would he would have had a higher chance of being hit Maybe I know i'm just saying like can you imagine put yourself in that situation oh no yeah you'd be like shitting your pants like He's like, I think he's like, I'm terrifying. okay. He's eating his fucking sugar pellets. I had a good breakfast today. <laughs> Fuck. Yes, he did. He brought sugar pellets with him and you just like eat a sugar pellet so he could like stay out longer and shit. It's crazy. So that's, that's one story. So clever. So another story, there's an artillery shell lands near his position and it actually tears the back off his great coat. So he was, he literally almost died at this moment. He gets this huge explosion. His fucking coat rips off. So here's another story about Simo. So uh, allegedly him and 31 other men. So 32 people in total yeah. found themselves facing an estimated 4,000 Soviet troops. 
Holy shit. So there was a battle, 32 versus 4,000, and they somehow held their ground for like the winter. <laughs> wow. Isn't that fucking nuts? Uh, so that's that just goes to sh- like these guys are fucking nuts. And like Simo is, he's, you know, he's, he's fucking given her. So here's a, here's an interesting story. Uh, there's a Soviet sniper that killed three junior platoon leaders uh, of the Finns. So Simo's platoon leader told him to locate that sniper and eliminate the threat. So you know, yeah, Simo's tasked to find the counter, the, the sniper. So, you know, he's, he's in his foxhole, he's set up, he's, you know, just looking around hawkeyeing. the sun starts setting and the Soviet sniper, he sees glint, doesn't he? In question, yeah. He sees a reflection off the scope. So now he knows where this guy is, but here's the thing. He, he waits, he knows where he is cause he saw the glare, but he waits till like, Tell the sun sets and then you know the soviets like oh it's dark now i'll get up or it's dusk i'll get up no one you know i can go back yeah he gets up that's when simo fucking blows his head off he waits he like he like finds him and then he waits and then he's just like who knows you, you know he he waits he just waits and the guy stands up done do you think he did that in order to like secure the kill to make sure he killed them? I think because so. if he like if he shot into the like scope or the glint, he might have just like missed. Yeah, I think so. I think it was like a that's fucking badass. I know it's crazy. So he's just sitting there waiting, you know, sitting in the snow the whole fucking time. It's quite a uh, quite the story. No, that's that's fucking nuts. Like. Like and again, I, I like I won't. Did he mention how uh, how far the sniper was? In that case, no, I don't have the distance. But that sets me up for the next story. So there's another time. There was a a different Soviet sniper pinning a unit of a, a unit of the Finns down. Mm-hmm. So they called in Simo to find the sniper and take him out. Again, a counter sniper maneuver or whatever. I don't yeah. know. And he ends up taking the guy out, but it was at 400 meters away. So that's like half a kilometer almost, not quite, but... With iron sight. Yeah, with iron sight. (laughs) No scope. That's insane. Holy shit. And it's it's crazy. The whole time during this winter war, uh, the Soviets are like, you know, once the white death rumor starts spreading around, they start instructing counter snipers to eliminate them. But Simo is just, he eliminates them. Uh, yeah. story after story where he's they're being sniped at and he's taking them out it's crazy well assuming you were tasked with as a counter sniper to try and locate and kill him most of the most like i'm saying most not all of the red army snipers are using scopes so the glint yes is showing in sunlight if they're not properly positioned two the only way you'll be able to see simo is when he shot like when he literally shot you would be able to see like the burst of fire or, or like when the boy leaves the rifle, that's the only time you're able to see him. And then even then, like he's not moving ever. So you would have hard pressed time to try and kill him. Yeah. It's, uh, it's quite crazy. It's very interesting. That's, that's so insane. God damn. Yeah. So this is all like, this is the winter war we're talking about. So yeah. the thing is, 
like we said, the Soviets, they had the advantage. So they had superior tanks, aircrafts, and manpower, but they suffered severe fucking losses during this winter war, and they made little headway. So actually, the League of Nations, they deemed this attack on Finland um, illegal, and they actually expelled the Soviet Union from the organization after this. And just to put it in perspective, just throwing numbers out, uh, during this war, the Finns lost about 25,904, so about 26,000 people were killed. Mm-hmm. But the Soviets lost an estimated 138,000 to 168,000 people during Holy the war. shit. Out of the 400,000 they sent to conquer it. Yeah, so they... Uh, I actually don't know how many they sent in total. I don't have that number, but that's these numbers that I'm finding are based on an updated 2012 and 2016 estimate. These are the most recent numbers. So the Finns, you know, they lost, you know, the the Soviets lost like six times, almost seven times more than the Finns did during this. That's fucking nuts. I mean, it goes to show, hey, don't fucking kill your generals. Like, there's a reason they have tactics and experience like fuck and well the Finns, yeah that's the other thing too like you got simo being a badass but also you know they have the terrain advantage they have home advantage too under yeah the underdog story type thing so it's an underdog story um ultimately oh absolutely that's the soviet union does win because they end up uh well they call it the Moscow, the 1940 Moscow peace treaty is signed. It's not really a peace treaty. It's, it's the Finns being like, Hey, we want to end this. What do we need to do? So they ended up giving 11% of their territory away, which was equivalent to 30% of Finland's economy. So the USSR just took 30% of their economy, <laughs> but they got fucked. Like they got they fucked. Did. First of all, they, their reputation is fucked because they look terrible on the world stage because they invade this you know they invade tiny Finland ass country yeah with a massive army and they you know they're, they're they're not their men are getting slaughtered because they can't even retreat because they get gunned down by their own men so they look terrible on a world stage and they they, they basically just like suicided a fuckload of their own people um so you That's know inter- so fucking so the cost was high they got 30 percent of the economy they technically won but they got fucked in more than one way. But here's the thing that I was, I was bringing up kind of alluding to, as we're going through this, the winter war was way more important than we think because it ultimately played a role in the, in the fall of Nazi Germany. And I'll explain why. So the Finns, like we said, they were a smaller army and the Nazis, after seeing the Soviet union battle them and kind of get fucked to this like small Finnish army, the Nazis believed that the Soviet Union was weaker than they expected. So that's why they started like laying into yeah. them. Okay. So they're like, oh, if, if the Finns could hold them off, like we're fucking Germany, like maybe we can hold them off, no problem. Then, like if the Finns are holding them off, <laughs> so that's why Hitler was like, well, okay, well, it kind of encouraged them to attack the Soviet Union. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of now they're fighting on the two And now fronts. they're split. Yeah. Now yeah. they're split. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, so they actually, they, it was actually called Operation Barbarossa and it was called the Continuation War, where Finland and Nazi Germany actually allied to fight the Soviet Union. So 
the Finns, they kind of hmm. get fucked in the the story of. Sorry, the- fellas. I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, it's all good. That's oh, all good. Duty calls sometimes. So the Finns, they're siding. They side with Germany. And this kind of when people look back on this, it looks really bad on Finland, but we have yeah. to understand they just got rocked by the Soviet union. So Germany is, they're siding with Germany to, you know, exact revenge. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Henry, Henry Coop a little bit. Cause they were, I'm not sure if you just covered this with what I missed, but weren't they like paying like 30% of their economy, giving yeah. it to the Soviets? Yeah. 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 You guys cover that. So yeah. Just trying to recoup probably too. Like, yeah. So, but like at the end of the war, it, it the Finns sided with the Nazis, but like not quite. Like yes, but no. You know what I'm saying? It's more nuanced than that. Yeah, it's more like, hey, we have a common enemy. We, we're pissed at these guys. You're attacking. Let's just we'll, we'll just help you out for a little bit. Yeah, but like we said, it was the this Winter War was a huge factor in the end of the world in the ending of World War Two because yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, Hitler. He they may have not have attacked the soviet union if they yeah. if they didn't underestimate them no if they, if they didn't attack germany would have would have won that's what i hear war. like they're winning everything and then when they split their forces up and they followed their entire force they sent to fucking russia they lost and then yeah they were just overwhelmed and I, I didn't know about that so i'm actually uh this winter war history i'm actually quite it surprised no me. i didn't know about this like, either this is this is cool so it was an important war it only lasted about a hundred days. So, okay. So I want to talk about some of this kind of transitioning out of this winter war. Now I just want to talk about this SEMO sniper shit. Yeah, got a bunch yeah. of sniper shit that went down. So like, like I said, these kills, this is all within about a hundred days. Mm-hmm. So he's averaging like five kills a day. And on that one day he had like 25. And the other thing you have to consider is the daylight is shorter. Um, you know, it's the winter, so the daylight. So that amount of time he has in total, the 100 days, but the amount of time per day to actually snipe, it's not a lot. So he's doing all of this in a quick time frame, basically, which just adds to the, I don't know, like just 16 the, shots the a minute, man. I believe it. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, like we kind of talked about before, his uh, kill count, he did keep a record of this in his uh, diary that he had. In his dream journal. Yeah. But he had comrades that did confirm a lot of this, so it's not like it's... Like, we were, we were talking about the Finn, the Finnish propaganda kind of propping up the White Death, things like this, mm-hmm. but there actually was record of a lot of this, so it's not it's not completely unwarranted. In, in like the numbers that we're throwing out here. Yeah, I'm looking at some of his numbers now. It's it's fucking nuts. Yeah. Well, yeah. He so, had, do you want to name some of these spans? Yeah, I, I was going to, but I just wanted to say, uh, like his kill counts. They didn't. If several snipers were shooting at a target, they wouldn't count that. So they would only count the ones yeah. that one person fought. So some historians they believe that he actually had more kills than was reported. Yeah. They, didn't they also those. didn't record any kills they use a submachine gun for. They didn't record yeah, any of those. Right. It was strictly these are all solo kills. kills. Yeah. Solo kills though, like so yeah, yeah. Yeah. This uh military chaplain, Ati Rantama, he credited Simo with a total of 542 kills. 
So that was, uh, you know, one of his comrades corroborating what his diary was saying. Um, I also want to say, like, Simo, he never discussed publicly outside of his own private diary, which people have now exploited, <laughs> uh, what was going on. But he did have in his diary, it was called his sin list. And that's where this number 500 comes from, because he had a sin list that he kept in the diary. And I should also say these diaries, this diary wasn't found until 2017. Yeah, they found it in a compartment. Mm, interesting. So some of this stuff is like recent data, which is kind of interesting. Um, his division commander, Ontario Seven, ah, fuck me, Svensson. <laughs> Ontario Svensson, credit hit him with 219 confirmed sniper kills. So a lot less than uh, some of these other numbers that are being thrown around. Also to note an equal number of kills. So 219 with a submachine gun as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he did get an honorary rifle for this on the 17th of February, 1940. And that's where one of his more famous pictures is from too. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, but there are some, some other numbers here that I can run through real quick. So December 22nd, 1939 he had 138 sniper kills in 22 days uh about a month later so january 26 just before you get to 26 on december 21st 1939 is when he had the 25 recorded kills in a single day yeah that was the the most he had in a single day yeah so that's quite crazy so 26th of january there's 199 sniper kills this is uh I don't even actually know the numbers at this point, but it's a fuckload. 17th of February, 1940, 219 sniper kills. Um, and I think that's kind of where uh, the guy we just talked about got his number from. But he's, you know, he's, he's fucking shit up. He's yeah, fucking shit up. Fucking... Wow. It's quite, quite crazy. But one of the, so I have a lot on some of the tactics he used the firearm he was using and like some of the reasons he was so successful that I want to talk about because we're throwing out these numbers here, but there's a reason why he was so good at accomplishing his missions. So super interesting. He actually used his own hunting rifle <laughs> during the war, during the war. <laughs> Um, that actually makes sense because you're used to the like by then you're used to the trajectory of the bullet like how much drop it yeah. has you're used to like any kickback or twitches exactly like, that's actually smart that, that he did that yeah so this was the the m2830 um but actually you know what though uh it, this was so this was the variant of the mosin nagan that we talked about um but a lot of the military actually used the same or similar weapon but he okay. did the one he was using was not given to him like it was his own that he had even before the war so he was practiced with it um didn't have a tell a sight on it so it was just like one of those things it was a basic weapon but he mastered it you know just through years of experience and it's just it's just good it just makes sense to me you know i agree practice, no, that's... practice makes perfect yeah <laughs> well i mean practice makes perfect but he's also gifted from a very young age and he just like his strengths he just kept adding to them yeah we should all, we did mention this before but you know he wasn't always sniping like he did use that um sumi k submachine gun, yeah. sub gun 
So he would use that when he was a group leader with the rest of his unit. Um, and so, you know, he was fighting with that too, but when he was sniping, he was using, you know, that hunting rifle that we talked about, but here's the thing. So why the hell is he using iron sights over, you know, telescopic sights? Like why, why not? Why is he no scoping the entire winter war when he could use a scope? You know, everybody else is using scopes. Why the fuck would you do this? Yeah. I found this is the part I found really interesting, like just psychology of it. Yeah, so there's a f- actually a number of reasons why he did this. One, uh, me, you might have something different than I have, but one, you actually are a smaller target when you use the iron sight because if you have a scope, you have to raise your head a few centimeters to look through the scope, whereas mm-hmm. if you have the iron sight, you don't have to do that. So you have a little, like, little bit more compact distance. Mm-hmm. The other thing, in the extreme cold, things can cloud up. So just your environment, if you have a scope and you rely on that, it could, you might not have it because it might be fogged or something, or, you know, it might get frozen over. So he's like, fuck that. I don't need that. I just use my sight. Yeah. That was actually a very common, uh, uh, a common problem that most armies had in terms of their snipers. And it wasn't in Russia was actually one of the first countries to invent a, a scope that would not fog up that would be all right in the winter and stuff, which is kind of funny because it got fucked up. <laughs> well, they probably quite, didn't, quite bad. They probably didn't they, give it to them. The generals, they're like, what do we yeah. do? Like, well, don't send them those scopes. They don't need them. <laughs> yeah, they made one. <laughs> yeah, they made. <laughs> if this sniper dies, take his scope off and put it on your sniper. Yeah, that's that's probably what happened too. <laughs> Yeah, like right now, if you look God at rifles, it. like the most expensive ones are like the Swarovski crystal rifles, like uh, for for the scope. Sorry. Okay. Like they range from like up to like five to ten thousand dollars, like just for the scope alone. Like yeah. today, maybe. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, and they're all just of Russian origin. So, mm-hmm. we kind of alluded to this in one of the stories I was talking about Simo with, but he also didn't have a scope because it helped him conceal himself because the sunlight couldn't reflect off of it. And as we said, that's how Simo identified some of his targets. You know, the sun would reflect off their scope and he would just Hawkeye them until they got up and then they're done. Hey, that's even a thing on the war zone, people. I know you gamers out there know what I'm talking about. Mm. Oh shit. Yeah. Like if they're, yeah. If they zoom in with the sniper and you can see the reflection, he gives them away. Yeah. The glint. Huh? Yeah. So yeah. The other thing too, he didn't, when he was, you know, hunting and training in his competitive stuff, he didn't train with scoped rifles. So he just preferred not to use one period. So again, that just goes to, you know, stick to what you know. So for all those reasons, he just no scoped the whole fucking war, which is insane to me, especially when you're, you know, you're hitting like 400 meters away and stuff. Like, it's like, the fuck are you doing, man? Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Uh, he also had like uh, he has a number of strategies he used. Yeah, so, like I was like it's just it's nuts. So he would pack dense mounds of snow in front of whatever position he had, so that it would conceal him and it would provide padding for his rifle. He also put his gloves under the rifle so there'd be less kickback. But the other thing he did, he'd pour water in the snow in front of him to make ice, and this would reduce um, puffs of snow. When yeah. the when the muzzle burst, so you would you wouldn't be able to see him as well because you wouldn't see these plumes of snow blowing out because he would he would make ice. So he's thinking ahead. He's like, I don't want to get fucking seen. 
The other thing, I this one was super this interesting. This one's super cool, yeah. He would keep snow in his mouth while he was sniping so that when he exhaled, it would make the air cold so you wouldn't get that, uh, you see like the that breath. mist, the yeah. breath, yeah. So, like, you literally couldn't see him when he, you know, other than, you know, the gun burst, you know, there was no snow, there was no breath. He literally was, like, this unseen white death. Um. He also like he would he would prep his shooting positions too. He would make these like foxholes beforehand um, and use them as like firing points. But another thing that was really interesting about Simo, he uh, he did move between firing positions. So he would have different firing positions, and when there was sounds or smoke or artillery fire, he would move from one shooting position to another, like at optimal moments where people weren't able to keep track of his movement. So like no one really knew where the fuck he was. They might be like, Oh, we kind of think he's over here, but he would be, he would go to a different place. So like you would never, if he was firing at your unit, like you were just like fucked. You were just, you didn't know what was going on. I can't even imagine what that would be like. You'd just be like, fuck, where the hell is this guy? (laughs) Super important too that, one thing he did, he memorized the maps of the terrain by memory. So like this is World War II. There's no GPS. There's no modern shit. And the other thing too, like usually the officers would have the maps and they'd be like, this is where you're going. This is what you're doing. But the, the frontline people didn't have maps. So Simo, instead of like asking for a map or like, you know, he would just memorize it. So like he, in his head, knew the terrain and the map so he had a huge advantage over enemy units because he knew where everything was he's like okay you know there's a mountain over here there's a river over here you know shit like this he had that advantage over his enemies at all times fuck that's nuts man like yeah holy the the, the guy's just like he's really smart by what he does like he's just really really smart meticulous Mm -hmm. yeah what's the thing like try get to fucking uh like try go to best buy you know, without your GPS, like, you know, like say you're in like, yeah. like try go anywhere, man. It, like when you hear people talk about like, like you, or do you hear the stories like this and how, what people did and how efficient they were? Yeah. And then, yeah, you make that comment, Magnum. It's like, we're actually so pathetic as yeah. people nowadays. <laughs> like, it's so funny. Like if I lost my phone, I'd be like, what the <laughs> fuck do I do with myself? Like, what do I do? I'd be like, what do I do? Where am I? Where am I? It Who actually is I? funny Who am when I? uh <laughs> when we go camping when the GPS doesn't work, how many people don't know how to read a map? It's I find it hilarious. Oh well, yeah, I'd be in that camp. I don't fucking know. Really? Yeah, what's a map? Yeah, what's a map? Uh, wow. That's actually surprising. That's actually funny. I don't actually even use GPS at all. <laughs> I don't have it on my phone. You have, yeah, you're, you still have like a separate <laughs> GPS system. You still got the flip phone. He's playing snake and shit. <laughs> um, so hopping back into some of the shit that Simo is doing that makes him successful. He massive preparation. So he would visit his favorite firing positions at night. Um, you know, so he couldn't be seen and he would put whatever the hell he needed there make whatever preparations he needed or any improvements necessary before the next day of battle would happen. So he would have his positions ready to go. Um, You know, he would have escape routes. So he's like, if I need to escape, how the hell, where am I going and how am I going to get there? And, you know, he knows the terrain in his head. He has the map. So he's 
he's thinking of contingencies. Like if I'm being attacked, where am I going to go? Um, the other thing too, that he used his firing positions, he would try use nature. So he didn't construct foxholes or sites. He would just use natural shit. So it was like undisturbed and it just looked like someone was not there. So he yeah. would try find like overhang branches was what he liked to use and sit behind these overhangs. And, you know, if someone's looking around, you know, you're going to look for signs of human disturbances. Mm-hmm. He didn't do any of that. He would just look, he would try to keep things pristine. And, you know, that just helped him use his terrain to conceal himself. Wow. So that's another thing, being prepared. The other thing, he had obsessive behavior. So he always cleaned his fucking weapons. So this was before and after missions. He would make his gun. Going back to what you're saying about how smart he was with like his environment. That also is such a huge advantage because I know we've talked about it already, but the, because of the Russians were so not prepared for this war, like they're not camouflaged and because Stalin, like he milled, he purged his military experts by just killing them all the time. Right. So they didn't, they didn't have like good, they're highly disorganized. And now you're going up against, this, this guy ra- this rambo motherfucker yeah. no he and is. you're like he is. and you're just like what the fuck like what do you do and they because they yeah like they had i don't like, know and you can't go backwards because <laughs> because you'll just get killed by your own fucking and you can't go backwards because you'll just get murdered by your own people so you're just like oh great okay you're cool. just going into the white death we're just getting murdered by this ghost we can't no. do anything about it he's firing 16 times a minute and hitting yeah. the target like it's it's not <laughs> It's yeah. not good. So that was the thing because of this obsessiveness, he never had to worry about a weapon malfunction. Like he was never jammed. You know, it's minus 40, minus 20. So yeah, like, they can freeze over like your barrel and stuff. So you won't be able to cock back. Always good to go. That was never a worry. He took care of that. So it was like almost every day. He's like, how can I make my situation the best? So I have the best advantage. And he just did that every day of the war. Well, so, I mean, he survived, right? So, I mean... Yeah. Goes to show you. So one of the other advantages Simo has is just his temperament. So you and your goddamn mic. <laughs> Sorry. It was an accident. <laughs> this is why we are a one star. <laughs> are hoping well, to surprisingly be- we're a five star podcast right now. So that's that's hilarious. Hey, hi. Yeah. Well, how did that happen? I don't know. All of our ratings are five star because we're fucking good. Two five two five star ratings. What up? Six. No way. No. Man, we're almost at 10. It's crazy. <laughs> almost at 10. <laughs> so he he likes just doing things right. So he would always, you know, try his best to make small advantages that added up to a large advantage overall, which I just love that. That's just. Yeah, that's, that's you. That's, that's got you written all over it. I'd be <laughs> like, I'd be like, ah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a big deal. The uh, gun's just, probably not going to jam. Yeah. What are the chances? I'll take those odds. I'll take those odds. <laughs> <laughs> so he just, that was just one thing. He likes doing things right. He also didn't mind being alone. He was kind of a loner. So when you're spending these long hours, just lying alone in the snow sniping he was fine you know he could just lay there um he was fine he brought these little sugar lumps have a little sugar lump little 
You know, as he's gone, <laughs> just, that's what he little, would do. What was he doing? He's like a little fucking squirrel. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. Eat his little sugar thing, and he would have little uh, pieces of. Uh, they're not really crackers, but it was like rye. You could think like maybe rye bread, kind of, but not really. He would eat those, so you know he's carbon up. He'd you know to yeah. get through the day. Um, and that's he would just lie there, and that's the thing. He would just if he saw a target. He would just be staring at it until the perfect moment. You wouldn't know where he was. You're just done. Stalking, it's insane. He was also like stoic. So emotions for him weren't really a factor. So he was just there to complete the mission. And like we were saying before, he didn't have this fear. He could be being bombed. He could be being shot at. He was just fine, just balls of steel. This, This five foot three happy guy just you know there to defend finland it's i don't know he just had the right temperament for an ideal sniper and here's the other last thing i have here for some of his advantages we kind of alluded to this earlier and you brought it up him being five three he's just less likely to be seen he's just this small guy he can get up and close into things just hiding and concealing better so i just that was dragon brought that up can't okay. take credit <laughs> well there you go yeah you know he's just I, I just picture this like short fucking happy guy just like scurrying around from like mission <laughs> like just Little squirrel from everyone tree up. to tree yeah just fucking everyone up you don't know where he is what he's doing it's just until it's too late i think for his uh being a sniper i think yeah you have to be like this because if you do get caught or seen you're fucked like you're no like it's just you like you're saying you have no backup um no backup so you have to be smart back then yes that's correct in modern day snipers usually have like a squad with them one squadron Mm. yeah protect their protect their backside and around them while they do their thing right i feel like sniping would be the way to go if i was going to be a soldier that'd be dope I feel like fucking flying a drone would be the way to go. <laughs> if you had to be a... Why? Do you have to get up close and personal? No, you're fucking flying a drone. You, you could be like in fucking middle of Canada, middle of the US flying a drone that's in like fucking wherever yeah, the hell the war is. Yeah, but what soldier do, does that? I don't know. Soldiers. Yeah. Dude, you still flying have to be a, flying a jet would be... Yeah, you have to be an army, but they don't just say, hey buddy who signed up for the infantry here's your drone training like you probably have some sort of background you have to have some technical computer experience to be able to sign up for this so you like like you gotta know how to work a microphone type of thing (laughs) (laughs) Um, the gamers would probably be very adept at that because you're using controls to to fly a drone for example anyways let's not take away from mr simo um yeah i don't know i think being a uh, like a, a fighter jet pilot would be dope but again they don't just let anyone become a pilot yeah i know i'm more just, likely to become a sniper i'm just saying like you would maybe not I don't no know. one's gonna fuck you up as a fighter pilot like i actually i don't know if i'd want to be a fighter other pilot man. other fighter pilots yeah but this doesn't happen often it doesn't happen often and you also get to chase no, ufos and shit but... Sometimes. Uh, ah. uh, 
All right. Um, so let's talk about Simo when he gets wounded. So, uh, Six, you know, we talked about the Winter War, talked about how fucking skilled he is. He, you know, he does suffer severe disfigurement when he's shot in the face by a Red Army soldier, which was with, with an explosive bullet. With an explosive bullet, which I will say was technically outlawed at the time. There was a, a code that countries were a part of that said you can't use explosive bullets. But this is Russia, and they just do whatever the fuck they want. So, so by that code, would that still be? Would that be like the Geneva? You have to abide by the. It might have been. Was, it could have. But been that, that wasn't created yet. Yeah. Well, then it was something before that. I don't know. Actually, was it created? It was... Don't know. Or was it after World War II that the Geneva was... Oh God, I want to say like Warsaw prohibited, prohibited weapons or something like that. So yes, exploding bullets with 111, there was another bullet that's like... It's, it's Picture a spring. So it's like... A, it looks like a spring, but when you shoot it, after it goes like in and it makes contact, it spreads apart. So it leaves a ton of shrapnel on the person. So that was one thing I was also... They had the technology for, but it was disallowed. Um, serrated knives were not allowed at this time either uh chemical warfare was not allowed but hey germans didn't give a fuck <laughs> right yeah so yeah. he gets hit by this bullet and it absolutely fucks his lower left jaw so a lot of the photos you'll see from simo are of him he's severely disfigured after this war mm-hmm. um he's when he sh- this is march 6th 1940 uh, I think it's about a week before the war actually ends. Yeah, before the I'm not mistaken. Um, he he's found unconscious and he's believed dead, and he's placed in a pile of dead bodies. Though he has a fellow soldier um, notices his leg twitching in the pile and sees that he's alive, so he gets taken by his fellow soldiers. Um, they said like half his face was missing. Like it removed his upper yeah. jaw, most of his lower jaw, um, and most of his left cheek. So he's just like bleeding from his face. Like half his face is like gone. He's fucked. Um, but the thing is, rumors spread of Simo's death around Finland and the Soviet Union. But the thing was, he was just in a coma, but he did regain consciousness a week later. So this is March 13th. I think he comes out of his coma. coma. That's when the peace thing is decided. The peace, I'm saying that with quotations because it's Mm. peace with a bunch of fucking caveats. But what's funny about this, what I was saying in the beginning about the April 1st thing, he actually reads in the newspaper of his own death because it was reported that he was dead. So he actually, he sends a letter to the paper to correct, uh, you know, like the, the the misunderstanding there. Yeah. I just think that's funny. Like you were like, come out of your coma, and then like you see the newspaper, you're like, I'm dead. Thirty days or twenty. Is this April days Fools later? or what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just April Fools or what. But like, Simo did spend fourteen months in a hospital recovering from his wounds. During that time, he had twenty six surgeries on his face. Yeah, twenty six. That's insane. Yeah. Um, one thing we didn't actually mention. I'll throw this in here. Uh, he was in top physical shape at the time of this war. Like he was fucking like me. good to go. <laughs> <laughs> he was good to go. And he believed 
part of the reason he was able to survive and pull through was because he was in such top-notch physical condition. So that's something that we actually didn't bring up. Like he was actually, you know, like he was, you know, probably kind of ripped. He could run, he could get all this shit done. He was top-notch condition. And he thinks, he says, that's why he believes he was able to survive was just due to his conditioning. So I thought that was kind of cool. But like we talked about, so there was this war after the winter war called the continuation, continuation war. Yeah. Um, Simo doesn't serve in this because due to his injuries and the severity of them, uh, he wasn't allowed to fight. Yeah, he did mention that he tried to sign up and he wanted to fight, but he wasn't allowed to join again. Yeah. And fair enough. He served. He did his part. He did a fuck like, you know, he was the deadliest warrior in the winter war. Yeah. And, you know, they were outnumbered time, like overall outnumbered by the Soviets. But like we had just said that one time it was 32 of them versus 4,000. And they, you know, so like, you know, he doesn't need to, he doesn't, it's fine. He doesn't need to fight. He did it. He did what he had to do. It's, it's incredible. And, you know, he almost died how many fucking times and he got out of it. It's, it's crazy. So I just wanted to say that about his wounding. Um, but he does get a lot of honors, obviously, out of this. He's awarded the first and second class medals of liberty, as well as the third and fourth class crosses of liberty. Um, the crosses I, were only awarded to officers, though. Commissioned yeah. officers. Yeah. yeah. So he did get those. I don't think he, he was that rank. No, so he wasn't. That's kind of cool. And like we talked about, he does get that honorary rifle, which was which was pretty cool. So it's like a name plated. Um, it's an M twenty eight thirty. They call them Pistikorva rifles. Uh, he gets that. It was donated by some guy, a Swedish businessman who's a friend of Finland, hmm. which I thought was interesting. That was just weird to me. That sentence in the research. Um. After the Winter War, this is August 28, 1940, a Finnish field marshal named Carl Gustav Emil Mannerheim, he promotes Simo straight from the lowest military rank of non-commissioned officer to the first military rank of an officer. Van Rieke. Was it? Van Rieke. That's what it's called? Yeah, that's, I guess, the Finnish pronunciations of these things. I, I'm probably butchering that, but... Nope. Yeah, just, uh, probably. Yeah. They're, it, fin, Finnish words are not easy to pronounce at all. No, they're not. <laughs> so he also received the Kola Fighters Medal. Uh, it's the silver version of the Cross of Kola Battle Number Four. So you know he was well recognized uh, for his duties and uh, his accomplishments during this war, which obviously you know well deserved. He was also nominated for the Knight of the Knight of the Mannerheim cross, which is the highest military honor one can receive. And that one was under consideration. He never actually got that. But he was, he was not nominated. He was nominated. Yeah. Okay. So after this war, you know, after he's wounded and all these things happen, you know, it takes him some time to recuperate from his wounds. And, you know, he has all these surgeries and treatments, but he did make a recovery and he just returned to being a farmer back in his hometown. So 
You know, it's uh, he's in Rokolati, a small municipality in southeastern Finland near the Russian border. Um, I will say he he did still have pain issues from this, and he also had speech issues from his injury. So it's not like it was a full recovery. Like he had some fucking problems, but you know, he could live. So he, he returned to become being a farmer, just like he was he doing also, before the war. Kept hunting. He also became a moose hunter. Yeah. yeah. A dog a, breeder. A dog. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I guess he even hunted with uh, the president of Finland at one point, Euro Kekhonen. That's kind of cool. And, you know, because of his war stories and his honors that he received, he, be, he was somewhat of a celebrity after the war. But the thing is, like we said, like he kind of preferred to be alone. So, you know, although he had all this notoriety, uh, there are people, there's, there's friends of Simo that said, quote, Simo spoke more with animals in the forest than with other people, end quote. So he was kind of a recluse. Yeah. And just like being alone, which yeah, is interesting. In, uh, in 2001, before his death, though, he was asked if he felt remorse for killing so many people. And he replied, I did what I had to do as well as I could. There would be no Finland unless everyone else had done the same. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's an answer. I 100% agree with that. Like what, what do people expect? <laughs> yeah. But the, well, the reason people yeah, are 60,000, you, you have 160,000. Who asked that reason they would ask him. Well, some reporters asked him because although he was very popular and was like a celebrity and a mythos in Finland in Finland as well, there was some who regarded him with hate and death threats because he was, he killed so many people. But they're in yeah, war. Just, I know. Yeah, like, I, I, I agree with it. <laughs> yeah. I, this I is just, this will always come up. There'll always be people. Yeah. There's always some like, fuck you it. don't really understand how that's fair, but yeah, the world's not a utopia and like things are actually kind of fucked up. And like, sometimes decisions need to be made. People don't understand this. That's fine. Tough decisions. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but, you know, he was a modest man. He didn't really boast about his wartime merits. And he had a fuckload. He didn't like talking about the war. He talked not often about it at all. Um, he In some of his interviews later in life, like way later, you know, he's asked, how, how are you such a good sniper? <laughs> he's just like, practice. Practice. You know, just, that's his response. Just practice. One word answer, pro- practice. <laughs> nice <laughs> makes sense cool. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah uh but he did ultimately meet his death uh he spent the last year in veterans nursing home in hamina where yes he died in 2002 at the age of 96 and his body was taken and buried in his hometown of Urukolati. yeah and he died on april 1st <laughs> yeah so he still might be alive we don't know yet we don't know is the joke it still going? Be, it could still. It could be a really <laughs> long joke. It's just a Dude, wrong that's almost gig. kind of ironic. Like he killed so many people, and then he dies on April Fools. Well, no one like. I know. Fucking believe his death. Like that's um, crazy. So I have a quote from Simo. He said, "This is him. He's like, quote, war is not a pleasant experience, but who else would protect this land unless we are willing to do it ourselves?" End quote. And I just really like that. Yeah, it's a good after quote. hearing his Solid. story. I'm just like, man, you're a fucking champion. Like if I if I could just, you know, have one percent of your fucking balls of steel, god damn. Yeah. 
he also said he had no hatred for his enemy um and that he he didn't experience fear and i just wonder what that is like how are you not he's just that you not, yeah like how just so not have hatred like that's what i don't like well I can the hatred i can understand fear. the hatred thing because you're just really? like no i understand the hatred thing because he's like i don't hate these people they literally have no choice like if they turn back their own oh, people okay, are gonna I kill see, them so like i don't they're just i don't hate these people but i have to fucking snipe them out I don't hate them though. I, the I can get thing, that. Like, the fear though, I don't get. Like, how the fuck? Like, I, I know, like, uh, Russian Spetsnaz, which is their elite army, they are literally tortured in, the, in their encampment. They're, they're tortured, waterboarded, fucking shot at, like, beaten half to death just so they have no fear. So he never had, he never, they didn't, I know that, that, that's what makes it more like impressive. He's he just like that train. naturally just kind of like, oh, you know, oh, you know. I mean, oh you know oh yeah, bad. yeah. <laughs> ain't bad yeah he's just like that. show for a rip they're like they're like the russians are coming there's 160,000 troops coming he's like okay well let's have a nice breakfast and then let's get out there and do our oh. best and you know keep finland safe you know <laughs> you're like what <laughs> like can you imagine like tomorrow like just say tomorrow it's like all of a sudden it's like oh china's invading canada or like you know something crazy or like you know just any like i'm not saying there goes magnum yeah let's just eat up boys you know get nice let's get a nice nice breakfast and and make sure to put that l you can on your breakfast right before the invasion what up (laughs) you know make sure you get some cream in your coffee and really have a nice sit down and then let's go see how things are it's like what they're bombing your border it's crazy he's i I don't get inspiring bombs (laughs) yeah I get hit, I get hit, it's fine. Well, I <laughs> think that's a uh, good as place as any. Well, I had one that. I had one oh, fun fact sorry. before we wrap this up. Because I just I found another story and it was ridiculous to me. So in his diary, he shared a story where they caught a Soviet soldier. Oh, I did read about that, yeah. They blindfolded him, spun him dizzy, and took him to a party in the tent of Lieutenant Arnie. Um <laughs> And the Soviet soldier was overjoyed, you know, but he was disgusted when he was sent back. What? What? I don't know. There you go. They brought, they captured a guy blindfolded. They captured and an enemy, and blindfolded him, him and sent him to a party where they were celebrating beating Russia and defending it successfully. And this guy was like, fuck yeah, party, all happy and shit. And then once he was actually like, got to his senses, like, ah, oh, fuck, I just partied with the enemy celebrating yes. just a weird thing I can't, our asses. fucking weird but there was that too um yeah i mean this is a good place for final thoughts i think we kind of sum this shit up final i'll start it off if you guys don't mind yep give her final thoughts this guy is fucking incredible like the amount of precision like the amount of training meticulous effort and just just downright like obsession that he had with his perfection is absolutely nuts. And yeah, it goes to show practice does fucking make perfect. Like he took his strengths. He capitalized on them. He capitalized on on his opponent's weaknesses and he was able to always stay like steps ahead of the game. So just absolutely incredible. As for that reporter who asked him, does he like, does he regret having killed so many people? fuck you like it's a fucking war he's defending his family his country like fuck off yeah 
Yeah, that's my, that's my final thought. Yeah, I will. So we didn't mention this, but he actually lived alone until he died. So it's kind of sad. Well, yeah. He didn't marry beforehand. Well, and Well, I just would have expected. fucked up. In the no, world. but like after all of his like notoriety oh, and achievements, you would have expected he'd just be fucking laying train, but he didn't. Or maybe he did. He might have, but just maybe didn't settle down. Could be. Maybe there, there was so many trains that he just was like, fuck it. I don't need to settle down. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I might as well hop in my fucking final thought here. I'm always inspired when uh, someone has like such a raw ability or, or not even just a raw, like raw ability is really cool, but more so than that, just the obsession with perfection and doing the best you possibly can. And I think he did, I don't know. It's just really fucking inspiring. Like you have this entire, it's a David and Goliath story. You have this, this huge monster approaching, encroaching on everything you know that's probably going to completely destroy everything and it's like not only do you step up but you step up and excel at what your mission was and that's i just really like that i don't really need to say his balls of steel it's uh i'm just inspired with this story it reminds me of the will told plexi topic that we did it's like these men it's like fuck I don't, I just, I don't, I don't understand how one becomes these types of people. It's insane. I don't understand how society, well, I do understand how, and I'm ashamed that society has fucking regressed so much. Me being in that fucking pool of regression that we're just like giant pussies now. Like I'm fucking talking <laughs> about fucking taking a drone and flying a drone while this guy was like fucking submachining, snipering. Like, like minus 40 weather nuts. and shit. Yeah. It's just. I don't know. Just it's just a story. It makes like I had goosebumps reading this story and researching it, and I don't know. It's just cool. It's one of those things. It's a nice story. I'm hoping Absolutely hoping knows. I can draw motivation from it over time. That's it for me. I, I just great. That's it. Yeah. Well, I want to kind of mention something. So we kind of talked about it earlier. Because I, I just feel like, yeah, it's a great score, story. This guy's super cool. But uh, I didn't know this. Like, Finland's kind of importance, like we discussed, of World War II is actually a pretty big deal. Yep. But I just feel like a lot of people are going to be like, oh, well, he fought with the Nazis, blah, blah, blah. And it's going to be like, it's like, and like we said, it's like, yes, Finland sided with the Nazis, but only for a short while. They actually ended up, signing it's called the moscow armistice where they yeah so they ended up legalizing communist parties and then banned the fascist organization and then there was another war called the lapland war that they forced the germans out of their country so they okay so they did come back but i mean like we mentioned it like earlier in this episode yeah they signed with the nazis but or sided with the Nazis, but it was kind of out of necessity, right? And honestly, we did that as well, siding with the Russians and the Soviet Union. Like, they're not good people, either, right? Especially, especially then, like they're doing terrible things as well. Like, well, even just look at this war. Like, they just exactly disregard right? for their fucking people. Yeah. So, 
I just know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, there's people online going to be like, oh my God, they're fucking supporting a Nazi Finnish guy, blah, blah, blah. Not the case. So fuck those people. Yeah, no, not the case. Um, yeah, this guy's, this guy's really cool. It definitely, like uh, you guys are just saying, it makes you want to be more motivated. But like, when you look at your life, you're kind of just like, wow, really? Like, I have issues. I have issues making my bed every day, and this guy's doing this. Like, I enjoy that shit now, thanks to Magnum and his fucking words of wisdom. Fuck yeah! Actually, I fucking enjoy doing it. Like, I I get up in the morning, and if if it's not done, it's like fuck yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm I'm gonna feel good about this. I fucking feel good about it. So thank you. Fuck yeah! But now do that. Come home in minus forty weather (laughs) and get five hundred sniper kills, motherfucker. While making a bed. <laughs> While making the bed. And, me, and, then you, just, and then you can feel good about yourself. <laughs> and he's just uh, like the next fucking Canadian serial killer. He's like 500 sniper kills, makes his bed or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> the mustache terror of, <laughs> of winter. No kidding. Can we do a topic on him in the future as a serial killer. <laughs> He was actually on the podcast. He's that, yeah, our ex co host. <laughs> he always made his bed. We're, we're not associated with him anymore, we swear. Killed everyone um, in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this guy, it's it's a cool story. I, I really enjoyed. Um, shout out again to Humpy Joe for the recommendation. Yeah, yeah our because, loyal Patreon. Yeah, Patreon. Hey. Um, you tell about our sponsors, though. Oh, I didn't want to cut off his final thought. Oh, I'm not done. My bad. Fuck. Fuck. Um. Well, goddammit, Envy. And he's done now. (laughs) You fucking threw me off. No, uh, it was cool. This stuff's always really fascinating to me, the history of World War II and World War I. Um, So it was cool kind of learning Finland's importance in in the war. And yeah, this guy's a badass motherfucker. Like, this is what... like. Like I said, when we drop into the war zone, this is what we're trying to emulate. This I guy. really have to game once with you on there. I want to see how good you are. I'm not good at all. I'm <laughs> no, uh, I'm no Simo. Hiya. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's for sure. No, this is uh, this is a good episode. I I appreciate the and it went by suggestion. quick. Yeah, it actually was a little bit of a longer episode, but fuck yeah. Okay. Um. Well, let's uh, shout out as always. Sidestepping the sun. Thank you for making the intro and outro to the mute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you for making the intro and outro music of the podcast. Secondly, El Yucateco hot sauce. Fucking great hot sauce. Going to keep recommending this shit. Still not a sponsor of this podcast, but uh, you know yeah, I love it. I eat it every there. day. So I'm literally just talking about it because I like it. And I think people who like hot sauce will also like it. It's the king of flavor. Habanero based. Zero that calories. Is their, that is their hashtag too. King of flavor. <laughs> it, is. it is. But yeah. hey, I would definitely like to say to our value listeners, our fucking champions out there, please let El Yucateco know that you heard about their hot sauce from us. Once we get sponsored, once we get that love, we'll share that love with you and you're going to fucking love it. You're going to get free shit. Who doesn't like free shit? So fucking go on Instagram, go on Twitter at Elikoteco at Swerf Podcast or the underscore Swerf on Instagram. Let them know that you heard about them from us. We would really appreciate it. Just yeah, thank you. Let us know on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, LinkedIn. Um, where 
else are we? We're on fucking TikTok. We're yes. everywhere, motherfuckers. Just let us know what you think about the episode. Let us know about topic suggestions, questions, concerns, comments. We're always open. We try and reply to everything. Um, if you'd like to support us, you can do so through Patreon. We're there. We have two exclusive tiers. We have the one dollar tier, which is ride the wave tier. We have the two dollar, the three dollar tier, which is slap the ass tier. Your one dollar tier will get you exclusive never before heard episodes. You will get numerous shout outs on this for a podcast, like Humpy Joe just did, that fucking legend. This was his topic. The three dollar tier is a slap the ass tier where you will get again exclusive never before heard episodes. You will get numerous shout outs on this for a podcast. And more importantly, you will get early access to all of our content. You will get this on Sundays, three days and five days prior for the main episodes and the post swerves. Hell, you will have the load on the scoop, the fun facts on all your friends. You can fucking rub it in their faces. So please do that. And if for some reason you hate Patreon, you're just like, they fucked my wife. I don't know. Yes. In that case, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com. We will take that money. We will invest in some beans and we will give you more caffeinated enthusiastic fucking adrenaline filled entertainment so thank you yeah i will also say of our hearts yeah 100 percent. but i will also say like if you can't support in that way that's fucking fine uh no pressure you could leave us a five-star written review on apple podcast that would be sick that's a super easy way to help us out uh substantially because it helps a lot with uh the reach we can get so that, that's an easy way to help us. But if you don't even want to do that, that's fine. Word of mouth is good. If you like the podcast, I'm sure people that you hang out with will also like the podcast. And if you like the podcast, please join us in the final words. As we say, slap that ass. And ride, and the ride that way.